seems like you're going through a lot of emotions. Young SAO, this is Kyle and Travis with Korean Adoptee Stories for the Real Adoptee Weekly. And I'm excited because we've known this lady for a long time. She's a CAD, and we wanted to get her in to interview because I think she has a lot to say. And right now, she is about to complete her book, actually, now almost two books. And I would like to introduce Glenda Seaver. So, Glenda Seaver, how are you doing? Could you introduce yourself? Maybe tell us your name, your age, and a little bit about your adoption story, if you could, please. My name is Glenda Seaver, and I'm 59 years old, and I was adopted when I was a baby, so that's as much as I know. Do you know what age you were adopted at? I want to say maybe one years old, but I'm not sure. That's actually kind of rare to me, because usually the older adoptees, I found that they're adopted a little later. Hmm, no. No, I was adopted early. That's very interesting. So tell us about your adoptive family. How was your relationship with them? Could you actually describe the members of your adoptive family? Okay, my mom and dad, they were a little weird. My family life was not that good, but I've learned over the years to overcome everything, not let anything bother me anymore. And that's what it was. And I just need to be stronger. My parents were abusive. They were mentally and physically. Were they always abusive? I think so. And how long did you live with them? Let's see. I was adopted at one. I got my citizen at five years old. So I had to be with them quite a while. So I think what happened was back then, my mother couldn't take care of me or she might have died. So I was left at an orphanage in Sude Moon. And Switzerland back then was in there, back in those days. The adoption places, those homeless places for kids on the border. So that's where I was. You were in Switzerland, you said? No, I was in South Korea, but Switzerland had a an adoption agency there, an orphanage. Oh, so they, they basically sponsored the area in Korea or they own the orphanage in Korea or the adoption agency in Korea. And that's where you're at. Correct. I believe from what I'm gathering that Switzerland was in and had an orphanage there. And that's where I was on the border there. So where do you hear all this information if the information was really hard to find? Did you have a, like a personal agent or maybe it's or, in your written records possibly? Or your records? No, I did soul searching. I looked from my passport and my shop records and my Korean passport. And then when I was doing searching through the DNA, through Ancestry, little information came up. So that's where I'm getting that. So I tried every adoption agency in Korea. They don't even have me. Do you have any connections with the ancestry people like second cousins, third cousins that you could talk to where you're not able to find any information on that? That's really funny. That's a good question. I had two people contact me from Switzerland that are third, fourth, and fifth cousins. So I'm still in the process of trying to find out who their parents are, who their grandparents are, because somehow we're related. And they were Korean adoptees too, you know. So they're CAD Switzerland people. Yes. That's pretty cool. So when did you actually start your search then? I would say about maybe two years I did a DNA. 
Wow, that, yeah, that's recent. So all this information is kind of really new for you, isn't it? Yes, everything is new for me. What was the reason why you started your search so recently versus like early on? Did it just not occur to you to explore your roots or maybe you're just too busy with kids or? No, my family, my kids asked me to do this. My son kept saying we were Japanese. <laughs> oh, well, we might have a little bit of Japanese in us, but still. And he, he kept thinking we're Japanese and I said, no, I'm Korean. So I did the DNA, and it came out 97% Korean. So I had to prove it to him. That, I don't know if you guys can see this. Well, anyways, then I laughed at him and said, Ha, see, I told you I was Korean. But I go way back during the war, the ending of the war in Korea. So you've got to remember, 1962, Korea was destroyed. Exactly, yep. So you might have been orphan because of the war possibly you're saying it could have been not sure i'm still searching what is your korean name kim jo cho that's what it says on my my passport what else does it say on the actual record what did you find i didn't find much just that i came from Sudan moon and went through china with my records but that's about it so I was curious, why did your parents adopt? Did you grow up alone or did you grow up with other siblings or maybe adoptive siblings? Nope, I grew up alone. I grew up all by myself with my parents, watching them beat each other up, drink, go to jail, you know, things like that. So do you think the alcoholism may be promoted to the abuse towards you? Could be. And you yourself, did you ever get caught up in that kind of addictive lifestyle or did you actually choose not to get involved in that? I chose not to. I saw what my parents went through and what they did to me. I never, ever, and I promised myself I would never, ever do that to my kids, and I never did. That's great. Did you cut your adoptive parents completely off then after you moved out? Yes. My parents passed away. How did that affect you? Did you feel much emotion towards it, or you had such bad experiences you were okay with it? I think the bad experience that I went through growing up made me see and made me be a better person. I have a big heart, and seeing what I went through, I don't ever want anybody to go through what I went through. It was difficult. You know, it's difficult for me to hear right now, but you know what? Seeing you two, I'm going to do it. That's yeah, great. We, we really appreciate it. I think it's really important to share these stories. I'm going to show you guys that my story has a story, and it's a sad story. But you know what? I'm a person that's going to live and I'm not going to go back and be that person my parents were. That's awesome because I think a lot of people can actually emulate. Just because you grew up in a, not a great situation, you're able to turn that around and make a situation that is better for yourself. It sounds like you're still married. You have a pretty good relationship with your kids, I assume. I do. It sounds like you gathered a lot of strength. So. I guess this brings us to the book. What kind of inspired this book and how long have you been working on this book? Okay, I have a student who wrote a book. He gave me his book. I read his book and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit down. It's summertime. Started writing, then started writing some more, kept on writing. And I'm like, wow, it's into a book now. And I'm like, when you write, 
you write out all your feelings. And, you know, guys, I was crying all through the whole freaking thing when I was writing. Because it's all a lot of bad memories. But you know what? I look at it as if I can survive it, anybody can do it. So in a way, it's like you developed adversity and it's maybe cathartic to write through all your experiences. Or do you feel maybe something different? I just went and I just wrote. I just poured my heart out and just wrote what I thought of and everything that I went through when I was a child. Can you describe a little bit some of the chapters of the book and how it's organized? What kind of examples or stories did you write about? The first chapter is all the adoptees. I did a dedication for them. That's the start. The chapter I started was when I started growing up, realizing that I wasn't like my parents. And uh, I don't know how to say this. My parents were black. Oh, wow. That completely changed culturally. I never knew you were adopted by uh, black people. That's really, really interesting. And you must have grew up in a very unique situation. (sighs) Unique's not the word. Let me tell you, it's one hell of a ride. But you know what? You know, I, I got God. And I got all my friends that are my friends that support me. You know what I'm saying? Look at you two. When you grew up, did you identify as black and then later realize you weren't black or white? And then you you grew up in the the culture too? Good question. When I realized I wasn't the same color as my parents. And I'm like, well, maybe I came out different. So then later, as I got older, Then I kept hearing racial names. So then that's when I asked my parents. And my parents said, yes, you were adopted. Wow. How old were you and then had that full discussion? (sighs) I had been five. I had been five years old. I really can't remember. I was very young, though, because I noticed that I was different from them. Did it shock you or were you able to process that at that age or maybe later in life? It shocked me, but what can I do? I was adopted, and they were my parents, my so-called parents, and it was pretty rough, let me tell you. It it really was growing up. What state did you actually grow up in? I grew up in North Carolina. I got my citizen in North Carolina. Are there a lot of black people there then, or is it predominantly white, or is it mixed? Mixed. Because we were on the base. My parents were in the military. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Interesting. So I'm assuming your dad was rarely home and your mom was at home then? Yes. Okay. So with that, I was kind of curious. It's really interesting that you yourself grew up in a black culture household. And I was kind of curious, how did that affect you? Uh, Did you learn to identify as Asian or when were you the age when you realized and start to embrace your Asian-ness? And I know you yourself, you you dealt with, it seems like a lot of racism back then and probably still now. My parents would never let me, ever, ever, ever let me learn the Korean. They kept me from the Asian culture. I was not allowed to speak. Taiwanese, when we were over in Taiwan, I had to speak English. My father made it very clear, I cannot speak nothing else but English. That sounds really horrible. I don't know why he's controlling like that. He was very controlling, let me tell you. 
does he have something against Asian people or was it just the fact that culturally he didn't want to hear anything else or? It's really funny. I never knew that. I never asked. No, I just think he was just weird, you know? I don't know. He was racist himself. Racist against whites or? All. All, really? How about your mom? Was she the same way or? No, my mom was different. She couldn't defend. So I had to defend her when she was getting her kicked. Excuse my French, but... So it, it seems like your mom was physically abused. She was. She probably was emotionally abused. So I understand you might have resentment towards your dad, but it seems like your mom beated you too. Is that why you have resentment against her as well? Or? I resent her, yes, because all this could have been prevented. Because she didn't stand up to herself. Right. And take you with or something like that. Right. So she kind of stood down and kind of let you suffer, unfortunately. Yes, but I had to defend her. At five years old, I had to get in the middle of their fights because I didn't like it. But, you know, the household, when it's being torn apart like that, and you're young, you're just going to have to do your best to try to stop everything as best as you can, even if you got kicked. Everything was like in survival mode, even being that young. It was survival. You got it. You kind of had to parent them in a way, it sounds like. Yeah, you got it. So my next question is, we know many adoptees, you know, that had issues with their adoptive parents. So they ended up in like group homes or did you end up have any experience outside? Yes, I went to a girl's home the last time. There was a huge fight. I ended up in a girl's home with my mom because she finally left after all these years. How old were you at that time? I'd say 15. So she dealt with that a long time then, it seems like. And did she just suddenly snap that said, you know, I'm done with my husband. I want to take my kid elsewhere. Or did your dad have custody of you? Nope. I left with her. She didn't ask me to come. I left with her. Oh, I see. So it seems like you also wanted to leave the situation as well, which makes sense to me. So when you went to that girl's shelter, girl's home, or how, how was that experience? You were bunk with someone? or I think it was the girl's home. Was it possible that you actually had a better life there? Or was it just not as great? Or did you develop friends there? I had a better life there, yes. It was more peaceful. It was no arguing. No yelling, no slapping, and I didn't meet friends there. So did you have any older adults? I mean, I'm sure you carried bruises. How did you behave in school? Were you withdrawn, or what was your personality like when you were younger, growing through all this turmoil at home? I just didn't let it bother me. So you have a really, really strong mindset, it sounded like. You kind of ignored it. some point, yeah. Did you push yourself in academics or after school activities or friends at school or was it hard to even adjust? I tried to, but it just wasn't working out. I swear to God, I think I have a disability. Well, there's actually many cats with disabilities and not only that, but people have a lot of PTSD that really can affect them and that can be a disability itself. So it could be possible that you're, you're having like turmoil or maybe uh, you're having like issues with, uh, oh, sorry about that. It seems like you're going through a lot of emotions.
You know, I'm very sorry that you're experiencing this. You know, we'll let the emotions. Okay, I'll be okay. We want you to at least like understand that we don't want to push you. We to... don't. We don't judge you either because this kind of stuff. I know you're not the only one where they experience yeah, a, lot a lot of emotion of, when it comes it, to. You seem experience. like a person that probably like stuffed it all away and then eventually it kind of came out. Am I correct? <laughs> correct. What were you thinking about that kind of made you feel a lot of emotion? I don't know. Just everything. You almost feel like you lost control and the emotions kind of welled up. Have this been difficult for your entire life? And it feels like you're having a lot of issues with resolving part of your previous trauma? I believe so. I'm okay now. I think I just have one that out. Have you had actually, you know, therapy or maybe counseling with like church and therapist maybe or, or anything of that nature yeah but i didn't find them very helpful because all i can see is they want to put me on medicine and i don't want medicine you know you're not the only one i used to be that person where i didn't want medication and really yeah i used to be really reluctant and i understand what you're going through because i almost feel like it changes you and in a way it did but yeah. I am on meds now, but at the same time, I understand why you're reluctant to be on it. Despite these emotions, Glenda, you seem very functional, correct, though? Like you're able to be a, a mom and work, possibly, it sounds like. Yes, and I stay very active, too. So possibly maybe the meds aren't totally what you need. It's just kind of talking about your past and, and kind of learning to let these emotions flow a bit until you actually find acceptance and possibly healing, which you already have through, I'm sure, writing your book. Right, yep. That is very true. Does your kids have any involvement with your emotions? Do they know or you're hiding this from them or you're embarrassed or? No, nope. they're all supportive. That's great. Yeah, I've got that much. So do you know why your adoptive parents actually adopted you at all? Did that conversation ever come up? You know, I don't know why. Oh, maybe because they couldn't have kids. Okay, that's kind of common with adoptees. Yeah, I'm good now, guys. I just... That's okay. Now we have had several people that get really emotional. We fully support emotion because in the end, I don't think anyone should be ashamed about it because... No, I'm not ashamed. It just comes out every so often, you know? Is there something that really hits you when it comes to your emotions? Is it just like you feel like, I suffered this much, I want to cry about it, I want to have this emotion flow? Oh yeah, lots of times. And I'm usually by myself because I don't want nobody to see me. Do you have any regrets when it comes to these emotions? Like you're embarrassed or guilty or do you almost feel like it has to happen because it makes me feel better? Nope. I don't feel it at all. I just feel that once I release, I'm okay. All by myself too. So you wrote a lot about, I assume, your childhood. Could you continue explaining a little bit what was written in your book to some of us? Like what? Well, there's a thousand pages. A thousand so I'm pages. Just, I'm just so I don't, I don't know what all that writing came from. So it must be something really good. You, there must be a life lesson in it. I don't know. I had to be home every day from school right on time. And if I'm not home on time, I got my butt beaten. Which is kind of the military background, I'm guessing. Yeah. I remember when they used to fight a lot. I used to go in my room and shut my door because I don't want to hear it. You know, you go there and you just try to hide. No, I can understand because it almost feels like you're trapped there because 
going to do anything. You understand your mom is going through something, but she's not doing anything to change the situation. And you feel like you're very young and you're a little bit hopeless where you can't totally get out of the situation yourself. So right. it makes sense why you're experiencing these emotions because it's really traumatic for you, it seems like. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I try to stay strong. Do you feel like writing the book, you actually feel a sense of accomplishment? Yes, I feel like it got a lot out. It got out a lot of my feelings and what I went through. And it wanted people to hear my story of what I went through. Do you have any life lessons or advice to other people that experience domestic assault, violence, or abuse, or emotional abuse, physical abuse? Do you have any advice that you could tell them on how to deal with the situation as people grow in age? Or basically, what have you done to actually cope? What was your coping mechanisms when it came to adjusting to the situation? Yeah, I guess right bef now? before the book, how did you cope with your traumatic childhood in the past? I know that you chose not to do drugs. You chose not to be behave like what your parents treated you with your children. What have you done to kind of stay strong and be strong? I learned over the years that I'm older and that seeing what I went through growing up. I didn't have anybody to help me really. So I had to do a lot of growing up and a lot of this on my own when I was a child too. And all I can say is that you just got to be the best you can. And no matter how much your life was destroyed, you can build it back up. It won't be the same, but you just have to be the strong person and try to stay strong. It's okay to cry once in a while. Do you think there's strength in forgiveness? Do you feel you forgive your parents or do you feel there's still resentment and you're still trying to cope with it? Do you feel angry at all? I resented them for the longest time. But then as I got older, I decided not to. Dad doesn't want me to be ugly no matter how miserable I was or how they were. There's a reason for everything. And I think my story is my life. Well, God wants me to share of what I went through growing up. Were there times in your life where you actually lost your faith in God when you were younger saying, why isn't God saving me from this time? And what renewed that faith? Yes, all the time, all the time. And then as I had kids and had my married life, and I'm like, yeah, okay, it's time. I'm older now. It's time to let the resentment go because God doesn't want me to be ugly either. So I try not to be. That's why. When did you actually get married and have kids? How old were you? I was maybe 27. Let me tell you, I was married at a young age at 21. My first marriage. I didn't have kids. That's in my book too. But I lived with five years abuse with him. So the cycle of abuse kind of started. I noticed that some people that grow up in abusive households kind of attract or date a person that is abusive as well because it's what they know, that they're comfortable with it. But he wasn't abusive when we started dating. We got married until after that's when he started being abusive. So when you ended that marriage, five years, was that a huge drama between him? Did he like try to pressure you to stay with him or... All the time. But, you know, after a while, you get tired of hearing, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it'll never happen. Let me tell you the one night that really did it. So I woke up. He was on top of me. And he had his hands on my neck. And I told him, 
to go ahead and kill me, but he didn't. So I told him the next day, you ever put your hands on me again, I would take that frying pan and I would knock your butt out. And that is no lie. That's when I woke up and decided to leave. And that was five years. That's really courageous that you actually had that courage to finally leave. It's like you went into one, then you went into another, right? Do you feel there's sense of manipulation with people that are abused? Or do you feel that they like abuse you and then they say sorry and then it happens over and cycles over that they almost try to win you over? Or was it just consistently trying to belittle you? No, I think it was constantly trying to, what was that word you used? Belittle? Yes, that was the word, yes. But you know what? I finally decided after five years, I'm not going to live like this, and I'm not going to live like this anymore like I saw my parents. So I finally left. So after that, that's kind of when you maybe had a really more secure sense of yourself. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So does your book? encapsulate any of the life with him yes or is it mostly previous childhood or how many pages are dedicated to the new life i put the childhood i also put in him and i also put in a short version of the first marriage no kids i gotta remind you i didn't have kids in the first one i didn't want kids that's probably good that you didn't to be honest no so maybe God kind of gave you this better life after. How old were you when you said you married the second one? Maybe 27, 26, something like that. Would you say at that age you were actually a functional and, and happier and healthier adult then? Yes. Were you seeing a therapist at that time or no? Yeah. My doctor says that I suffer from anxiety and depression. And they put me on this medicine. And I didn't like the way it made me feel, so I came off it. Little did he know I came off it. Have you ever dealt with suicidality throughout your youth? I thought about that a few times. Just a few times, which is not good to be suicidal, but that shows how strong you are because as how chaotic and horrible your childhood, your teens and adult, you still manage to want to keep surviving and keeping strong, it sounds like. I think that's what it is. And now my family, you know, I have my family, so I have my happy life in my little happy corner from what I had before. So, yes, I think God's showing me a different way. So I guess my question is, is how did you get into being inspired by God? Did you suddenly feel like you're at your worst or maybe very hopeless that suddenly it, it occurred to you that maybe I need to explore faith? Or was it some other long-term thing that happened over a period of time? My family was religious, believe it or not. But Which is ironic, isn't it? Yeah. I just became religious more of knowing how I survived everything over the years. And like I said, how I became a better person. And without that, I wouldn't be here today. Are you a Christian? What's your What's religious your background? background? My mother was Catholic. Get this one. My father was Baptist. And of course, I was Baptist, but then as I got older, I turned into Christianity, and that's where I've been. I ask that because I know it's Passover today and Palm Sunday. Do you go to church often? No, I stopped going because I didn't like people there. Some people are just like fake people going to church, and it just bothers me. 
like they'll go to church and they're act all godly. And then when they walk out of the church, they're a totally different person. And it's like, what's going on? It's either you're religious or you're not. And maybe that's how they deal with it, but I don't deal with it like that. Being religious doesn't mean that you always have to go to church. It's more about your relationship with God personally. So let me tell you, my church is my family Bible, and I just read it, and I take it from there. I don't need the church. I don't need those people, because some people are not bad, okay? It's just that a few, and I just feel that I'm just going to be myself. I'd rather I live like this for the longest time. I grew up like this, and this is how I'm going to be until the day I die. Is there any specific passages or proverbs that you've learned to live by or you're not sure? You'd- I'm not sure. I just go with whatever the Bible tells me to do. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your parents. You mentioned that you said one of them went to jail. How old were you when one of the parents went to jail? And Can you describe that experience? I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, my dad was in the bricks all the time, constantly. When he would drink, and the fights start, the MPs will be at the house, and they take him away overnight. I would say quite a few times, or maybe more than that. I just can't remember, but I know he was gone a lot. And it sounds like with this back and forth, it's unfortunate because even though the police were there, it sounds like you never were able to work with a social worker to get you out of there or did they didn't have any resources? Because usually they would consider that child abuse and I figured they'd take you away from your parents. You would think that, but back in them days, there was no such thing. Gotta remember what year I was growing up in. I don't think they had social workers like they do now. Because let me tell you, I remember one time we were at my grandparents, my father, I did something and I guess I made him mad and he goes, go to a tree and find your switch. That's what they do down south. You know what a switch is? No stick. A light stick like that moves, that can bend. Go find your switch. That's where I had got my once from a switch. Do you know what it's like sitting in the house? water with cuts on you it hurts that's what my father did to me did it happen over and over no it was just the one time he used the switch but otherwise it was the belt most of the time can i ask you there's some people i'm sure maybe that are a little bit old school and i know back then in the era beating and physical abuse is kind of a way to control or discipline kids. Do you think it's not a good method at all? Do you feel like there's better methods? I'm sure you don't hit your kids. Never, because I know what it's like. And I'm guessing you definitely think that kind of behavior is not normal. I tell my kids, go to their rooms, go to the corner, (laughs) or sit on the couch. But no, my kids would even tell you that. That's great. I think it's awesome where even though you grew up in a really poor situation, you were able to like turn that around and not become your parents at all. And that's amazing, Glenda. I hope you're proud of yourself. Yes, I am. I'm very proud of myself. I've come a long ways, guys, and I'm still going to stay who I am until God takes me. But let me tell you, my father was drinking. He cheated on my mother. He had a girlfriend. Uh, Oh, You guys would be surprised. Everything's in the book. 
I think a lot of people would be really, really interested in reading this book. There's a lot of ins and outs of the Glenn Deceiver life and sounds like there's so much chaos. It's actually amazing how you survive. Let me tell you, it was chaos. It was. So my question to you is, since we're here to promote your book, is there a specific link that you want people to buy your book? Is it available on like ebook or Amazon or like another bookstore that people can buy it? What we're doing right now, like I said, we're taking book two, putting it in book one, and we're fitting it in there. That one is on racism. What was the, the decision behind that? Bringing them together, not separate. My book was sell better with more pages. And the second book talks about growing up, being Asian, what my kids went through, not my sons, my daughter. My daughter went through the same thing of kids telling her to go back home. You don't belong here. You know, and my daughter one day said, look, I live here too. I was born here. You know, how did that make you feel as a mother knowing that she experienced what you had to experience? And what was your advice to her? Things never change. I told her to just be strong. There are idiots out there. Just defend yourself. And that's what I told her. You mean like physically hit them? No, defend herself and let them know she's not going to take their crap, whatever names they call her. But I'll tell you, I did tell her, they put their hands on you, you're to kick their butts. I did tell her that. This kind of reminds me about the recent news where these Asian women were killed. What's your viewpoint of that? Did that get you really upset? It upsets me because I see a lot of that on YouTube. I see it on Twitter. I see it on Facebook of how all these people, these elderly are getting abused and beat up and dying because of idiots, racist idiots. Let me tell you, racist was back then, okay? When I was growing up, it was still bad, but not as bad, but it was bad. It got worse. And these violent crimes against Asian people just ticks me off. And it doesn't make sense. What's your viewpoint on the Black Lives Matter that happened previously last year? It's kind of interesting since you grew up in a family of black people. Did you associate with that culture or that race? Or could you explain a little bit about that? No, because they didn't accept me. To be honest, they didn't accept me. I got friends now that accept me. But my family, some of them, no. Only three of them accepted me. The rest didn't want to do anything bother with me. So what's your viewpoint on the Black Lives Matter then? Do you feel like it's kind of similar to what the Asian people are experiencing? Yes, very much. Yes. But I find it too. Let's not let it get carried away either. Because some of them carry it away too. If you don't understand what I'm saying, I can explain it. Some of them think that they can use the race car constantly. And it doesn't always work that way. Okay, fine. You want to use the race car? I'll use it too. There needs to be a balance because some people are kind of using it as an excuse. It sounds like you're trying to say it. And they need balance. Yes. Stop it. We're all here together. It's an example. I may be purple. Just leave me alone. I'm not bothering you. I'm not calling you names. You know what I'm saying? We can live together and teach each other instead of going backwards. I grew up with this when I was young, so it's nothing new. Can you explain a little bit about the racism you actually experienced as a child? It wasn't as bad. The military kids were all good. I had no problems with military kids. My problems started in a group home at 16, even more. 
when I came out and this lady took me and it was like the kids were really nasty to me. What kids? Okay. You said black kids? Yes. They would let us five kids that weren't black sit on a bus going to school. So if we had a lot of problems, finally the principal decided to take us five and let us ride a city bus to school. But it wasn't fun then either. They were all really nasty too. So I lived on both sides, the whites and the blacks, all coming right at me, using their races and trying to hit me and trying to beat me up, calling me pink, poop, yellow, Chinese. Wait a minute. I'm not neither one of those. I'm a person. There was name callings that I did not like, but I had suffered. I had to deal with it. I don't want to compare apples and oranges. It kind of sounds like the suffering that happened at home probably affected you more than maybe racism or maybe it all affected you or... I think it's all. I think it's all. I think from the childhood beatings, the beatings of my mother... The racism, it's all combined. And let me tell you, if I didn't have God in my life, I'd be still an angry person. And you actually would credit God and your belief in God for being able to let all that trauma and bad experiences take over your life. And you, you would credit that. Yep. Because there's some people that find themselves in the situation where they're stuck in that endless cycle where they end up like going in the world of drugs and self-harm and kind of becoming that chaos that they grew up in. But you were able to separate yourself from that chaos and kind of still build your life into a somewhat strong and better person, it sounds like. Yes. And I want people to read my book to see that you can overcome it. It's not going to be an easy road. It's not easy. Let me tell you. How many chapters do you have in that book? I think 12, but they're not small chapters. They're large chapters. And the second one is 12. What's the title of your book, by the way? I think this is my story. I sent a picture of the book. It's my flowers I use from my garden. And it's the same one that we're going to continue to use. It's kind of interesting. So the first half is more about your life. Growing up. And then the second half is more about your experience with racism. So, yes. holy cow, they're all the same size. So you must have experienced a lot of racism versus your childhood. It's kind of like two and two, it sounds like. It's not like where the racism chapter is smaller than the other. So between all these chapters in the first book, what would you consider one of your favorite chapters? None. Is there any chapter that you felt most cathartic or releasing? My family. I love my family. Oh, so you feel that one's pretty hopeful or is this the experience that you experienced with your husband and your kids? Did any of them inspire you to write a book or you wanted to, your husband did, or you felt like now was the time because of COVID? No, I started before COVID. I started writing the book two years ago. That's how long it took me to write the first one. How has the COVID been treating you and your family so far? So far, so good. We go get our second shot tomorrow. What is your job, Glenda? I work as a food server. I've been there 12 years. Oh, that's a long time. Well, I'm only a temp. I've been a temp there for 12 years. Oh, I see. Do you ever want to be full time there or they're not allowing that or? I try to, but the hours that they want, I couldn't. My son, my kids were young. How old are your kids right now then? I wanted to be with my kids. I didn't want to be away like other people because I think it's the way I grew up. My parents weren't there. So I want to be there for my kids. My daughter's 27. 
My youngest is 19 and my oldest is 29. So they're all adults. Do they all live with you then or are they married? Mm -hmm. My oldest goes to RIT. He's going to college again for the Navy. Oh, I thought one of them was in the military. I remember seeing pictures. Yes, he's in the Navy. Oh, yeah. He was sick recently, correct? Oh, no, that's my baby. Yeah, my 19-year-old. Last year, he had emergency surgery. What was the issue? His lungs collapsed. How does that happen at that age? Is it some type of illness that happened? He was a very healthy kid, always exercising constantly. I see you guys exercising. Thank you. We appreciate it. Well, he does the same thing. Well, one day he said he couldn't breathe. So, you know, as a mom, okay, just take it easy. Well, we took him out for Valentine's with us. And that's when he says, I still don't feel good. And I said, okay. Next day, I took him to urgent care. They didn't know what was wrong with him. And he couldn't breathe there either. So they said, we're going to send him to Upstate. And that's when Upstate found it. Glenda, sorry to cut you off. This doesn't have to do with COVID, right? It wasn't a COVID illness? No, it wasn't COVID. That's what we thought. But they said, no, it's not COVID. And he made it just in time out of the hospital before this COVID started. So that's what we thought. But no. So you don't think this was related to like a genetic disorder? And, or was it related to over-exercising? Or how did this happen? They're still not sure. Like I said, he exercised a lot, pumping himself up. You know how kids are. How is he doing now? I, I don't know if I've seen a lot of updates on him, but it sounds like he's doing better, correct? He's doing a lot better. We were in the hospital for nine days. The first time, two days later, they took the tubes out and they had to put it back in. On the side, he couldn't breathe. Was he ever on a ventilator? No, he wasn't. He had an oxygen. That's when they took him to a full sonogram where they went through his whole body to check what was going on that's how they found it where his lungs collapsed yeah and they had a hole a couple places so they said that they're going to do surgery and that's when they did it glad he's doing a lot better yeah he's doing a lot better whatever it was doesn't sound like they have a diagnosis but he can't exercise he tried exercising last year and didn't work he tried to exercise again not too long ago, and he couldn't. He was, like, really hurting. So we told him not to exercise. Maybe he's still healing. The scar tissues are still trying to close. Is it a big scare for you, or did you have some hope there? I cried for nine days when he was in a hospital. Did you actually have feelings he might not make it, or? Yes. I was scared. Oh, so it was pretty bad then. It must have been I really saw the, serious. I, I saw the photos that kind of alarmed me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I tell you, it was scary. That was the scariest time of my life with him. Are your other two kids married with kids or not yet? <laughs> no. Daughter can't find a boyfriend. You have four kids, right, Glenda? Three. So two are boys and one's a girl, right? Okay. The girl is the middle child. She's the one that faced the racism. When she was going to school, kids would push her. She would always get injured, always be on crutches, but they couldn't find who actually pushed her because there's so many kids. I think it's amazing now these days of age. I don't know if it's a bad school or not. You think they'd get punishment for kind of doing this? Kind no, of now they do. I, like I said, my two sons didn't have problems, but the one son did, my oldest. This kid, he was like 18, 19, still going to junior high. 
He was trying to get his diploma. He was friends with that kid and his friend. But the kid thought he was going to be all slick and try to overcome my son. He threatened my son. So I went to the school. Sorry to cut you off. I guess I hopefully people don't seem as racist, but was he white or black or Asian? Oh, he was white. No, the black kids never bothered him. It was always the white kids. So my question to you is, you never had much issues with the military people. Were they mostly mixed, like white and black? Were there any Asians there? Or- all mixed. And we all got along. But did that include Asians, though? Yeah. Oh, wow. And did you get along with the Asian people when you were younger? Or- yeah. Were any of them actual CADs, Korean adoptees like you? No, they never knew what they were. But I know one set with Taiwanese, because I was in Taiwan with my father. I'm curious, when you were 16 and older, were there any mixture in the school, any diversity too? Yes, very much. And those were the mean kids. They were military kids, blacks and whites. Oh, I see. So were there any Asians at that time or no? Not a lot of us, no. With all this chaos going along with your childhood, were you actually able to graduate from high school then? To be honest, no, I dropped out in 11th year. 11th year did you decide to go back and get your ged at at some point i was thinking about it then i said screw it i got that attitude i don't know if it's the right attitude but i'm curious this is an off topic but when was your interest in the korean adoptee community how recently was this since i started my dna so a couple years what's your viewpoint on the cad community so far have you made a lot of friends yes i did and i've got a lot you're not still in north carolina are you i'm in new york new oh york. new york totally different environment how's it actually there? Is there's still racism in new york then huh oh my god you wouldn't believe it new york city is awful that's where a lot of the elderly are getting attacked and they consist of all asians all blacks and all whites correct it's like a mixture yeah okay. are there a lot of koreans there at all is there a korean town yes there is korea town in new york city have you ever went there experienced the korean culture what was it like when you first got into that area no we were planning to go but with the covid we decided not to and we we're gonna wait did you recently move to york then I've been here, but see, I'm not in New York City. I'm in outskirts of New York City. Oh, I see. I live in Cicero, New York. Did you say your kid's going to school? My son is. Oh, wow. Awesome. I bet it makes you really proud that they're going to college as a parent, huh? Oh, my God. I am so proud of my oldest son, Dom. He graduated from OCC with high honors. Then he got sent away for deployment. And of course, we, well, he couldn't tell us where he was either. But when he got home, he told us. Then he went back to RIT. He did another year of RIT, went back there. Now he's finishing up with a master and he's on the dean's list. You're very proud of your kids, it sounds it's, like. Yes, I am. You really raised your kids well, and that's another thing that you should be really proud about. Yeah, I want my kids to do good, to live a good life, and not live the life I did, and not make excuses. So this is why I push my kids to get their grades, to do their homework, to make sure they graduate so that they can have a good life, not have to struggle like I did. Are your kids half of us, which is half white, half Korean, or what's their total ethnicity? My kids are part Korean, part French Canadian, part German. Oh, I see. So, so you got a mixture. They're, they're white and Asian, basically, Caucasian and Asian. Grandma was German. Father's side of my husband is French Canadian. 
So I'm, I'm a little curious if they're half white. I assume your daughter looks more Korean and that's why she got racist comments against her. Yes, she does. She does look part Asian. Are your other two boys like that or not really? Or is it just because they're males that they didn't get? No, I just think it's a male thing. My youngest, he looks Asian. <sighs> How do I put this? Daughter rode the bus one day. Some lady asked her if she was Mexican. I hate to say it. There's a lot of Asian parents with white husband and wives that they always assume that they're Hispanic. So you're not the only one that gets it. Yeah, my daughter was asked if she was Mexican. And she said, no, I'm Korean. And it really pisses me off when people go, oh, so you're Korean. Are you North Korean? No, I'm from the South. Do I have to tell you I'm South Korean? A lot of people are ignorant. It just makes me angry when they do that. It's like, stop it. Just because I say I'm Korean doesn't mean I'm freaking North, you know? It's actually really apparent that a lot of people are very ignorant when it comes to race because there's a lot of people out there that says, well, I'm Asian or I'm Korean. Well, where you're from, actually, you know what I mean? And then they ask you, what country are you from? Oh, I'm from Korea. Oh, my God. Are you from North? It's like. Wait a minute here. I didn't say I was in North. I just said I was Korean. I didn't have to say South Korean, North Korean. I just said I'm Korean. And then when they asked me that, I'm like, okay, I give up. Yes, I'm South Korean. And it bothers me. Yeah, I understand what you're going through. It's just really troubling because not only are people ignorant, but they feel like they're not sensitive to other people's race or other people's ethnicity, especially when they're not white. It kind of makes me question. So you had a wealth of information in the racism chapter. Does it mainly describe your experiences or do you describe like solutions in that part of the book or what does that mainly consist of? I just say that we're all people. We all have feelings. Stop it. We can all live in this world together alien from outer space if you're here fine well we'll make you welcome too it doesn't have to mean that i have to be your best friend respect that's all i'm asking respect other people respect can go a long way it's totally what most people need also this is the last topic i want to talk about you know there's a lot of people that want to write their own book there's a lot of people that want to write something that entails their narrative or their life how do you get into that? How do you get your editor? How do you go about publishing? Like, what does that all entail? You go like I did on the computer. I got documents. I started writing. And you just write, 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 write about your past. If it was good, you still write about it, that you had a happy life. And that's good. And for us that had miserable life, you write that in there too. You just write your heart out. And then after you're done with that, you go, oh, I think it's time to publish it. I bet like maybe a, even a year or a couple of years ago, I bet you didn't even know that you were going to be kind of an author. No, I didn't. To be honest, no. So I was wondering with this book release, are you actually releasing it at a bookstore to sign? We're going to see what Amazon does. Once this is done, we're hoping to have it done by summer. Oh, that's great. Well, let us know because we're willing to promote links whenever that it's available. Put it on the Korean Adopted Stories page. You know what, guys? That would be great because the more I can get this book out, the better. And you realize, Glenda, this video will help you get the, the marketing out there, too. Yes, and not just that. I'm hoping I could be able to go out, too, after this book to be able to talk, you know, go somewhere and talk about it.
That sounds really inspirational. I'm sure you got a lot to say about the book and hopefully that it can be a success. I don't know if you actually remember like every single chapter, but I know that you said one of the chapters isn't your favorite book. So I guess here's a different question. What chapter speaks out to you the most? What experience did you describe that actually kind of hit you when you had that emotional moment? And could you describe a little bit about it? The whole thing growing up. Your childhood sounds like it was the most affecting. It was not fun. And you don't have brothers and sisters. So it's like you're all by yourself. What do you do? Yeah, it must be really hard, the fact that you couldn't lean on anyone. Yeah, I leaned on my dog a lot. What was the worst experience between your parents, do you remember, was that the happened? switch, or was, was it, it the something else, or...? It was everything. Everything. I was so angry growing up, and I just didn't understand how I could have survived as a child like that, but I did. I survived it. Was there a specific moment in your life where you were touched by God and learned to have forgiveness or how'd that go about to appeal you versus just be angry all the time and resentful? When I tried to commit suicide. Oh, you didn't mention that. I didn't mention that and I don't think I put that in my book. Oh, it was must have been a really troubling time then. Is there a reason why you didn't put that in your book? I felt that nobody needed to know that. Oh, do you want this cut out? No, you can put it. I could have put it in my book. I just don't remember, but you guys can put this in because if this helps to understand what I went through to help others understand that are suffering. This brings us to our next question. So I know that you're not the only one who had a traumatic childhood and there's a lot of people that are kind of really angry and stuck about that. What advice do you actually have to these people that experience what you went through? I really don't have that much. Would you entail God is what actually allowed you to forgive for the most part? Yes. I've um, had a lot of anger issues over the years and I was very angry because of the way I grew up and like other people grew up and it's like, why was I the only one that had to suffer that much over the years? And then I realized the day that I tried to do it, that I realized that God came and he says, no, and I swear to God, it's not your time. And I woke up hearing my friends calling me and I swear to God, I got devils or ghosts following me. Yeah, I woke up. And that's when I realized that maybe I need to lean on him more. And by me writing this book, by me bringing my book out and my story, maybe this is my life now or my story to get out for people to understand. You don't have to continue being angry, resentment. It is what it is. You have to overcome it now. And that's what I think I've done. Not only that, resentful can be very stressful on you because it just, it'll eat at you all the time. And Look, I just started bowling at the beginning and then I just was done. Then I was able to talk to you guys more. You see what I'm saying? You said recently you come more in touch with your feelings. Is that true? The past few years and before this, did you ever talk about this kind of stuff or did you keep it to yourself? No, I kept it to myself. Just me and God. There's nothing wrong with that because everyone deals with situations in a particular way. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. We really appreciate your honesty and, and openness. I felt like a rush when you said that what really changed your life was that really darkest moment when you just wanted to end it. But for some reason, I guess God spoke to you and kept you alive. And through this, he's had you write a book for him, which 
hopefully will serve other people and get people to understand what you went through and help a lot of people, I, I think. You know, a lot of my friends at work are waiting for it. Are you selling it to them for free or, or are you having them buy it? No, they're all going to buy it. I'm only getting two books for free and that's it. Two people that are getting it for free. If you guys want it free, I can give you guys a free one. You'll be the third. Make sure we have your autograph because you're going to get famous. I'm hoping you guys can help me make me famous. I'm depending on it. Okay. <laughs> No, seriously, I'm depending on you guys because I'm doing this interview with you guys. This means a lot to me. Glenda, when is the actual official release date of this book then? Sometime this summer. All right. So, Glenda, we went through a lot. Is there anything else that you would like to mention that we haven't mentioned? Or is there anything else you'd like to say to our viewers in general? Don't take your life for granted. No matter how hard it is, how wonderful it is, you can have a good life too. Always remember that God's there. You have friends. You have help that can help you do everything. I don't find medicine that helped me. It just made me more sick. I want to struggle with it on my own, which I think I'm doing pretty good. You found a way to deal with it, too. You raised your family. It seems really well-functional. They're doing well. And you yourself, you're healing. Yes. My students that I served over all the years, they were the ones that made me happy too. I will go to work and I'm happy and nobody likes happy people. That's awesome that your job makes you happy. Yes, my job makes me happy. You meet a lot of kids. I'm sure you affect them too. Oh my God. If you guys saw my file, I have nothing but kids on there. Football players, road team, girls basketball. Just students graduating each year, EMTs, students. You know, I want to touch base on this because I feel like mental health is really important within the CAD community and in general when it comes to people. Do you feel over the years that you've learned to pamper your mental health and it actually has because of God? And do you feel mental health is still important to you? I think mental health is very important. Some people can deal with getting help. Oh, that's in my book too. I find it as... When you go to a counselor and you got like 45 minutes and then they cut you right off when you get into the details and it's like, okay, I'm done with you. This is not how I want to come in here, talk to you guys, get deep, and then you guys cut me off because it's time for me to go after 45 minutes. So I deal with it on my own. And it seems like you're doing a really good job at it. We hope we gave you more than 45 minutes. I want to mention to all our viewers that I think Glenda's very brave. I know she was a little nervous doing this interview with us, but she wanted to do it for herself and her book. And I hope you had a good time speaking with us. And we had a pleasure of learning a little bit about you. And we hope your book sells great and is successful. Oh, my God. You guys are the greatest. You know that, right? We really appreciate it. No, thank you. Well, hope you have a life lesson you learned and you're able to adjust to the new situation that you're in, which is writing the book. Now it's time to tell it and now it's time to publish it and go live with it and let other people know your story. I hope things look really well for you and your family. You know what? I think so. It will. See, that's the attitude you got to have. There's days that I have my moments, but nobody knows. But there's days that I pick myself up and I realize, you know what? You're the better person. You went through so much. Let's kind of end it on that. What would you advise to these people that are caught in this racist type remarks? Is there any advice or comments that you would want to say about it? No, just that 
You know, the racist, it's going to always be there no matter what. It's been there for many years before we were born to and after we were leaving. It's just what it is. And you just have to learn to cope with it and not let it bother you. And you have to learn to teach others, like I told you, respect and show love. Love goes a long ways instead of hate. So I think that's all that we can cover for now. And we wish Glenda the best. Before we end this call, is there any last minute words you want to say or? No, but I just want to say thank you to you bros. Thanks, Glenda. We really like your support. We really support you behind this book. In my book, Before We Leave, I even mentioned that if I want a lot of money, I want to buy a place, a place out in the country, a building for people like me, good therapy, good people that really care. You know what I'm saying? Not just, okay, 45 minutes, time to go. But people that actually care in the facility, grow my own vegetables, have people that suffer so much go and live there with me. You know, that's my dream. That would be amazing. And maybe that dream can become a reality. That's what's in my book. And I think that's what I'm going to try to do. Hopefully your book is kind of the next stepping stone for that. Yes. Have you guys thought of other people too? Like, Japan or China people? That's why we have. In general, we actually interview as adoptees in general because I think two interviews before you, we actually interviewed a Russian girl. I decided to open it out to all adoptees. I saw that. That was excellent. Adoptees that in general, I don't want to just box us in like a label. In the end, all adoptees, I think, experience some level of trauma, some level of overcoming. And I think a lot of us have overcome a lot of these issues and are still in the process. And I just love getting the ball rolling so more people can talk about it. Because I really think talking about it is the first step into spreading awareness, understanding education. And I also like connecting with people too. It's fun. Well, I hope with your book and the second chapter kind of helps maybe address these races issues and more people will read it and hopefully more people will kind of be aware of these issues happening and maybe do something about it. And I'm going to Korea too. That's actually another excellent topic. So you haven't visited Korea yet, correct? When will you visit Korea? I'm hoping this year, if not next year. I really do recommend adoptees, even if they don't know their history. I think going to Korea is still an excellent starting point of finding out where you're from. And you figure out where your homeland is so you feel more at peace. At least that's what my brother and I experienced. And that's just like my all my friends say, when you come, let us know. I'm really glad you're actually going to Korea. I think that's another stepping stone of your journey of being a cad. Do you just want to go yourself or are you going to bring your kids or husband or? No, nope, my kids are going with me. Awesome. Oh, that's good. We just got to make sure Christopher is safe that he can go. You know what I'm saying? With the ones and everything. Well, hopefully he is. Yeah. Well, it's getting about cutting the hour, but. It was really wonderful talking to you. I'm really glad that you actually got an opportunity to speak with us. And I hope your book sells well. And I hope you have a really good time and career. I think it's just great that you're going there. It sounds like everything's like coming in place right now. Oh, well, anyway, it's been fun. All right. See ya.